return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. For a minute, did you bring your Bible? Oh, before we say that, did you bring your Bible? Okay. Look at your neighbor. Did they bring their Bible? Okay. Now open your Bible up and look at your neighbor's Bible. Does it look used? You know, Bible doesn't do any good if it's collecting dust, so, so it's got to look used. So this is a study book, right? It's a study book. You can underline in it. You can uh, star things. I put some dates in there when maybe the Lord spoke something. So uh, you want to use it. Amen? Amen. All right, let's say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. So, today uh, in our nation, uh, it's a Memorial Day weekend. Uh, memorials, uh, you, you can see memorials of all kinds in towns or counties or states or the, our nation, you know. But memorials remind us of significant things or events that have happened in the past. And uh, they can be as a place of honor, but they can also be as a place of let's not go back to this again, you know. Uh, how many of you have been to Washington, D.C. before? Raise your hands. All right. Quite a few of you have. Our nation's capital. Washington, D.C. is a city of memorials. Uh, one of the newer ones, the World War II Memorial, uh, to honor those that served in World War II. Uh, the Vietnam Memorial, which uh, my brother was a part of and so forth, but he had many friends. His, their names are on that wall. And over 58,000 names on the wall. It's a very somber thing to walk along uh, the wall and to see those names that are inscribed up there. People that gave their life for their country. The Korean Memorial is there also, you know, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Or if you went across the street a ways, you'd come to the Holocaust Museum. We were there when that had just opened up, which also is a memorial to the millions that were uh, killed during World War II and prior to World War II, actually. And so that's a memorial there in Washington, D.C. Those are, those are things to remind us, right? Remind us of things that happened. Uh, Honolulu. So I was there in Hawaii once. And to go to Pearl Harbor and to the battleship Missouri. And so they, I, before I went, I read where if you just watch the water, occasionally you'll see bubbles of oil just come to the surface, and they refer to it like the weeping of the ship. And so after, so after decades, you know, it went down with a lot of oil on it and hundreds of men. So it's an honorable thing. And when you're there, you know, it's very quiet. You know, people aren't talking loud, they're very low tones, out of respect for 
people that have given their lives. If you go to a cemetery, maybe this weekend or sometime, you know, that's, that's how that is. You show respect for people. Respect for people that have passed on before us, right? Uh, how many, uh, Jenny's got a poppy on. Anybody else got a poppy on? Steve does, you know. So, so have, you, have you been to buy, a, they're selling poppy, not a selling, but a donation to buy a poppy. Have you ever had that before? And uh, so and you kind of think, well, oh, what's a red flower for? Okay, well, you know, we'll give a dollar or two dollars or whatever, you know. But the poppy is symbolic going back to World War I. And uh, there's an old poem talking about Flanders Field and so forth. But the person looking out over this war zone and all the death and destruction, and then out of that was a red poppies blooming on this field of battle. And so it became symbolic so that uh, veterans of foreign wars could, could sell that symbolically. And, of course, most of us are so young, we don't know anything about that, you know. Uh, it's like, oh, what do they want a dollar? What do they want some money for, you know. But it's symbolic. And, and uh, of course, we have few World War I veterans, let alone World War II veterans around yet. But to remember, right, to remember things that happened in the past. And, you know, a lot of times people say, if you don't remember, then you're destined to repeat it. You're destined to go back to do something again that, that uh, not good. So, so it's important that we have things in our lives, spiritually even, that are memorials. Or memorials remind us of something in our past, but it can give us hope for something in our future. So it's important that we have these things, just spiritually. Now, just one of those, just one example is in the Last Supper, Luke chapter 22. The Last Supper is like a memorial. And Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. So you eat the bread and you drink the, from the cup. Uh, he says, this is my body which is broken for you, my blood that's shed for you. But notice he says, this do in remembrance. So the Last Supper becomes a memorial of what Christ has done for us. Now, it's not something you worship. Memorials aren't things that you worship. They're things to remind us. And, and if we remember what Jesus has done, then we thank God today for the victory. Amen. Amen. For that he's given us right now the victory that we can have in Jesus Christ. But if we forget about it, you know, I grew up in a denomination. And so it was just, it was just a ritual. And so it kind of meant nothing. You know, it'd be like, uh, uh, you know, when you've experienced something, it's very personal. So, so if, you took, if you took a child or a grandchild to a memorial, but you were part of that, it's very personal. If I'm with my brother, things are very personal. You know, he had three purple hearts, a silver star. It's very personal to him. The things that he faced, his memories ingrained in his brain to this day. And, and so uh, those things are significant. You don't joke around. You don't take it lightly. The same thing with the Last Supper. It's not something to be taken lightly. You know, it's something that has significance. Like when we have communion here, it has significance that, boy, and he paid for my healing, and he paid for my forgiveness, and he brought me life. And so if I remember that, then I apply that to think, man, I want to walk with you today, Lord. Or if I'm sick, I want to say, thank you today for your healing virtue in my body today. You know, a lot of denominations, again, it's just, it's just a form, you know, that means has become meaningless. But it is still significant for the true believers. Amen? 
You can take communion. We did the other day with some folks, just just uh, just broke bread together and stuff as as couples, but sharing, thanking God for healing. Amen. Amen. You can do that in your own home. Sometimes people think this all oh, this just has to happen in the church service. No, it can happen in your house. If you're believing God for healing or something in your life, or thanking God for healing, I've done that many times. Thank you for healing, Lord. And we take communion and we celebrate. We remember. It's, it's very personal. So it's very personal as a couple or, or whoever you're with. You're, you're giving praise to the Lord for that. And the Lord shows up. I think he honors that. Because why? Because you remember what Jesus has done for you. All right? So it's not just anybody. It's for you as a person. And I know for myself, I know what I deserve. And I thank God for what he's given me. And I think, hallelujah, you know. So it's all good that way. Jacob, in the, in the book of Genesis, uh, Jacob, of course, was, was uh, uh, following the Lord and so forth. And it says, I'll be with you, I'll keep you wherever you go. This is the Lord speaking to you. I'll bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. And Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And that's where the word Bethel comes from, the, that the Lord was there, the Lord is present, and so forth like that. So he has this dream, and God is speaking to him supernaturally. Now, how many of you have had God speak to you in the past? You're reading your Bible, or maybe someone's shared something with you, and you thought, wow, that's really good. But if you don't, if you don't write things down, now again, as a student, you should write stuff down. Why? Because most of the time we'll forget it. You can leave here today and think, boy, that was we had a great service, a lot of fun with this year. Uh, Memorial Day, you know, but we'll forget most of it unless you write stuff down. So I encourage you, a disciple is a student. I encourage you to write things down when you're here. Open your Bibles, write down scripture references. I see you're all really writing quickly here as I talk. Uh, but I do. It doesn't matter who's sharing. I'm on the front row. I'm taking notes. I'm writing stuff down because that's, that's really how we're going to retain what the Lord is saying. And then there's a lot of times I think, well, that was really a good word. And then I'll go home and I'll circle something in red. And I do that. So if I pick up the sheet of paper, all of a sudden that's highlighted like, oh, I remember that word right there. See, so you can remember things, or if you date stuff, like there's some things in my Bible that are dated. It's like a memorial. That, well, that was spoken in 1985 or something. So, because God speaks to us all the time. Amen? So you've got one day you're going like, wow, thank you, Jesus, what you've, got, what you've done. Two weeks later, it's like, oh, boy, I wish the Lord would speak to me. And we've already forgotten. We've already forgotten that fresh word that he gave us before. If you don't write stuff down, so here he is, God's speaking to him. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I'm not going to leave you. Notice, I'll, I'll not leave you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. How many times have we felt like, well, where's the Lord? Well, he's right with you. If you open your mouth and praise him, he's right there. He said, I'll not leave you. I'll do what I've spoken to you. God will perform his word. Amen. So Jacob gets up. Hey, the Lord was here. I didn't even know it. A lot of times that's how it is, right? And he says, how awesome is this place? There's no other, this is none other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose early in the morning, took a stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. So he took this and he did this, why? To remember. He wanted to remember what the Lord had done. So this is a physical place. 
This was like a, a stone, and of course you see lots of statues or different things. But he put that out there for himself to remember what the Lord has done. Someone else might drive by and think, well, what's that out there? What's that pillar for? What's so forth? But he did it so that he would remember. I don't know if we have another verse there or not, uh, or if that's it. Oh, he called the name of the place Bethel. And it says the name of the city was Luz previously. And Jacob made a vow, if God will be with me, keep me in this way that I'm going, and give me bread to eat, take care of me, you know, amen? Then it says, I'm going to come back to my father's house in peace, and the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So he put this up, and he put it as a memorial. Now, did Jacob stay, just camp here and live here? No, he didn't. He went on from there. But then, you know what he did? He actually said this. I'm going to remember because whatever you give me, I'm going to remember this time because I'm going to give a tenth to you. So actually, the tithe became a memorial for him. So he was honoring God. So even though he was, wasn't living, didn't stay at Bethel, but he continued on with his life. But every time he would tithe, whatever came in, he tithed and honored God. It was a memorial to say, thank you for what you spoke when I was out there on the hillside, you spoke it, you did it. I know it's your voice, I know it's your word, and so it became a memorial. Again, we do a lot of things sometimes like, just because, well, this is what you do. But there should be a reason behind what you do. Why do you do the things you do? Why do we, the Christian lives, why do, we, why do we lift our hands? Why do we tithe? Why do we pray? All these things, there should be reasons behind it. In other words, there should be some conviction Turn to your neighbor and say, you need some conviction. Conviction, not, not conviction of sin, just conviction that I do this because of this. Amen. Like parents, you can have your children come to church and they can, they can follow the Lord in your footsteps, so to speak. But at some point, they have to get it for themselves. Amen. Amen? You have to ingrain in your kids, you have to ingrain in them teaching them the word of God and teaching them discernment and so forth, that all of a sudden they get it themselves and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Not because mom and dad, but because of my own experience with the Lord. That has to happen for everybody, amen? Otherwise, people grow and then they're 18, they're out of the house, gone. No, no, no commitment, no following Jesus, nothing else. And folks, God wants us, of course, we can't control people, but you, but you can grow and you can have convictions in your heart. So his conviction was, man, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to, I'm going to tithe. The tithing reinforced the memorial of what God had done in his life. And that's the same way in our lives. Amen. You coming, coming to a church service isn't like, well, it's my duty. It's my obligation. No, I should want to come because I'm going to come and meet with the Lord. I'm going to come and fellowship with God's people. There's more to it than just attending a service, right? So it comes down to this relationship, this relationship that we have with him. Deuteronomy 8.18, you know, later on, of course, he gives you the power to get wealth. But how do do we reinforce that? If if God is blessing me and providing me, I'm reinforcing that actually through my giving again, right? So we're honoring the Lord. He gives gives everybody, as far as believers, power to get wealth. The purpose is to establish the kingdom. The purpose is to spread the gospel. Amen? There's a reason behind it. If we lose track of that, otherwise, all of a sudden, it's, it's all about me. I'm buying everything for me. 
But if I understand it's, it's Him who's provided it, then, then I can honor the Lord as a memorial to say, thank you, Lord, it all belongs to you. Amen. Not that you can't have things. Of course you can have things. But, but your giving uh, uh, reinforces the memorial of God's faithfulness that God provides for us, that God takes care of us. Amen? Amen. Otherwise, how do you remember? How do you know that? How, how would you recognize that? People get blessed in great, great ways and then forget that the blessing comes from God. No, the blessing comes from the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 2. So, so we have memorials to remind us of the things of God. Otherwise, we're destined to forget them. So people can start out hot. Look at most, you could look at most major denominations even that started out actually probably hot for the Lord but through the years became just a shell because of traditions and forgot what God had done. Amen? You can't go out and claim, you know, oh, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord years ago. But if you're not living today, what are you? See, then you're just a shell. You're like an old wineskin. You're, not, you're, you're, you're a stumbling block for somebody else. You're saying, oh, I'm a Christian, but really not living the life. It's like saying, I'm spirit-filled, you know, we're Pentecostal Christians, but you're not living spirit-filled. Amen. Amen. So we have to have things that remind us. Jeremiah said people committed two evils. One, they forsook the Lord. And then they, the second is, the, the, forsook him, the fountain of living waters. And then the second is, they made, they made the broken sisters that, cisterns that could hold no water. So they didn't want the living water. But they still knew they needed some refreshment. And so then they made these broken cisterns that couldn't hold water. Two evils. So, so I want to live for the Lord in a manner that Jesus, Jesus is alive in me. But I don't want to just create idols. So in other words, in other words, church service can be an idol. Well, you got to go to church. You got to go to church, you know. But you're not living the life. You want to live the life. You want to live in the relationship. You want to have the connection. So you want to be connected to the fountain of living waters and trusting in Jesus and not in your own ability or what you knew in the past. Verse 32 says, can a bride forget her, uh, can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Well, of course, of course, a bride isn't going to come to the altar with normally not dirty clothes and so forth. They're, they're dressed for the occasion. Okay, so we know a bride remembers that. But notice the word yet. Say yet. God says, my people have forgotten me days without number. Now, no, this is the key. This is his people. This isn't the world. This is God's people have forgotten him days without number. Well, let's look at our lives. So, so the time that you spend, we talk about Bible study. Uh, we encourage Bible study. We encourage uh, this relationship with the Lord. But are you, are you experiencing that? You could come here. You know, people can say, you know, I, I come to this church and so forth. And yet, are you in that relationship on a daily basis? Some people say, well, of course, I, I read my Bible last Wednesday. But if the Bible is supposed to be spiritual food for your soul, all right, just like natural food is for our bodies, everybody's pretty good about eating, right? 
I'll say amen on that. Good about eating. You know, you're thinking lunch today, what you're doing for lunch, or what's happening, or you might have this week's meals planned. Who knows? But what about your spirit man? What about your spirit man? If, if the picture was shown of your spirit man, like we have x-rays and stuff, and so you stood in and then you showed the spirit man, what would your spirit man look like? Would he look emaciated? Would he, would he look like the x-ray? All you see is bones. <laughs> or would you see somebody balked up? Strong in faith. So your Bible study time becomes actually memorial time. It's a time when God has spoken to me and ministered to me and so forth. So I continue to go back, so to speak, to that altar to get into his presence, to hear his voice, to be in the word, to be reminded of who he is. But when do we do this? Well, Memorial Day is a once a year thing. Some Christians are Easter lily poinsettia Christians. You know, it's Christmas and Easter. It's kind of like they're memorial markers. But for the true believers, it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. So we fellowship, yes, with others, like a community gathering like this today, or when we do it, other gatherings and so forth. But otherwise, it's a daily walk. What does the daily walk do? If I'm eating in the natural, I always have nourishment. Right? So my, I'm fed in the natural. I feel strong. And the same spiritually, if I'm feeding myself spiritually, I stay strong and I remember who he is. I also remember who I am, that I need a savior, that without him, I'm nothing. The Holy Spirit is my helper. So I also remember who I am and that I need to depend on him all the time. So if we don't do that, you know, otherwise we can forget God's people forget him days without number. Days without number. In other words, see, it can become a habit to do nothing. It can become a habit to not read. It can be a habit not to fellowship. It can be a habit not to be in a church service. Daniel was a guy who had good habits, and the good habits got him through tough times. So it really didn't matter if they passed a law or not to say, you can't worship any other God but the one Nebuchadnezzar sets up. It didn't matter. He got on his knees. He opened the window. He's still praising the Lord. He still had this relationship. All right, this connection. This is what, this is who I am. This is what I do. Not because someone told me to do it, but because it's this relationship. At some point in time, the United States in general is in a bubble. The rest of the world is in a lot of chaos. All right? A lot of chaos. A lot of hardship. A lot of persecution for believers. But the United States in general is in a bubble. In other words, things are peaceful. You can do whatever you want. You can go out and hand out flyers. You can hand out tracts. You can do, you're not thinking about the police knocking at your door. But that will change someday because the Bible says it will change. Because it says all the world will fall into this chaos, including the United States, right? That all the world will follow a, a man of sin and different things like that. And some people say, well, we'll already be out of here. And I, I just have to say this. Well, they're not out of here in other countries. Our friends who face things every week in some, some of these places, they face fingers of death. Every week, they'd have friends who've been killed. So that's there. Well, that's, well, they didn't get raptured out of that. They're already in that. 
My point is this, if you don't have a relationship like this, and let's face it, in the last year or so, people go through COVID and people, oh, what am I going to do? You know, and you kind of see where people are at. If you don't have a strong relationship now, you better be digging and scratching to get one. Yeah, we may not meet like this at times. Places might go underground at times, as they have in many other places. So what's on the inside of you is going to be that strength. Amen? Amen? In other words, in other words, would you be willing to die for Jesus? Would you be willing to give up your life for Jesus? Those are interesting questions. Seldom posed in the United States because we don't have to think about it. However, the scripture would remind me to say, Dave, you better think about it. You better think about it, Dave, because all who live godly shall suffer persecution. You better think about it because this shall come upon all the earth. You better think about what what it means to be spirit-filled because you're going to need to be spirit-filled to stand in that day. And so I look at the memorial. The Bible's like a memorial to me. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I remember, I remember who I once was. I remember where I've come from. I know where I'm going. And in the meantime, however much time I have on this earth, I want to be ready to meet the Lord, but also an influence to other people. Amen. We can't, we can't forget the things of the Lord. And I'm around a lot of people, a lot of Christians, and they love the Lord. And yet, if I asked them, when was the last time you were in your Bible? It'd probably be days ago. And so we want a relationship. Amen. Amen. Want a relationship, a close, close relationship with Jesus. John 14, verse 26. So daily time. Say daily. Your home... Your home altar is like a memorial place. What you do in your house. What you do when nobody sees you. What did David do long before Samuel came and anointed him as the next king of Israel? David is out in the pasture worshiping the Lord. And he's not even invited to his own ordination service. You know, he says, hey, don't you have another son here? I mean, isn't there somebody missing? Ah, uh, yeah, we got the, got the youngest one. He's out in the field. We didn't invite him. Bring him in here. And the Lord said, no, that's the guy I want. That's the guy I want. That's the guy who I know. That's the guy who's been in my presence. That's the guy who knows how to worship me. That's the guy who has the relationship here, this vertical relationship. He's So in front of his brothers and everybody else, he pours the oil over him. I like that. See, so, so he had this he had this place where he met with the Lord, this quiet time and so forth like that. Why do we call it quiet time? Because it's quiet time. Turn off your TV. Turn off your phone. Hallelujah. Turn off all the other distractions and just listen to the Lord. There are so many voices. There are so many voices in this room even. If you tuned it in electronically, you'd find all kinds of frequencies and voices. But what do we do spiritually? We want to tune in to Jesus. So that means I'm going to tune out the world. Right? I'm going to tune out the world. I'm going to tune into Jesus. I mean, we have Christians that know more what's going on in Fox News or CNN than they do the know what's going on in the Bible. Did you hear about this in Fox News? Did you hear about this in CNN? It's like, 
uh, no, I didn't, but uh, inform me so then I can go on and get rid of that thought, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, the focus is Jesus. We, have, we do have to understand this. All over the world, these attacks are coming against the church. And the church should not be distracted from its mission, like we have in the back. His last, his last command is our first priority. That is the mission of us. Amen? Why do we have a kid's night out? So we can go, rah, 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 oh, that was fun, that was great. No, no, that's not the point. The point is souls. I'm not here to spend more time, more money, or more effort, or whatever, for nothing. The point is souls. Amen? That's why you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's why you're here. You're not here to just... Enjoy life and everything's good and everything's cool. No, no. While we're enjoying life, people are dying. People need Jesus. Your own families, right? People around us. Everybody needs Jesus. That's why we're here. So when I go back in the Word of God, the memorial, and I realize, wow, this is why this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So when Jesus said this, this, the helper of the Holy Spirit, of whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Now, this is a key word here. If you've never put scripture in your heart, then you can't remember scripture. So let's say it this way. If you're not, if you're not familiar with the gospel of John, then how can the Holy Spirit remind you of the gospel of John? Amen. How can God remind me of something I've never put in me? He can't do that. It's impossible. I mean, he can give you a prophetic word saying, I'm with you. Great. But if you know the scripture, which is the foundation of our faith, then I know what he's telling me is true. I was like, uh, our day was the day of the Vietnam time and so forth, but People that were in prisoner of war camps and so forth. And some of them for years, very under very, very harsh conditions. And some of them had been believers. Some of them not believers, but became believers. Some of them remembered back to their Sunday school day of a Sunday school lesson of a scripture that was taught. And amazing, and under the harshest conditions, remember, oh, that's what that said. And then they'd tap out, encode through a wall, words to others that they could hear, remember, decipher the code, and it would encourage them. Scripture. Amen? Scripture. Things that would help them to have hope. Because if you don't have hope, you're going to die. The people that didn't have hope died. You just give up. If you have hope, you can linger and linger and linger and keep going and keep going. When I got saved and I was in the bar and God spoke to me about my need for Jesus, he reminded me of what people, scriptures, people shared with me. There's a lot of lost people, folks. That's why we witness, right? So he could remind me of what was planted in me. Of my need for Jesus Christ. And so right there I could turn to Jesus and get born again. And I did. But you can't remember something unless you put it in. So in other words, you can say, you can say, well, that's that's good. uh, Jeremiah 33.3. I I don't know. I never read that. 
Well, then you can't recall that. Or in John 16, you know, you can't recall if Jesus said, be a good share of overcoming the world. You can't recall that if you've never put that in. Amen? Follow what I'm saying. So, so it becomes a memorial of the things that we do in a good way. So here the Holy Spirit will help us, right? It's like I tell, I tell kids all the time, studying for tests and so forth, but I tell them, you can pray, but I always emphasize you've got to study. Because God isn't going to tell you things you haven't studied. Hello? Right? So you have to study. If you study, I believe the Holy Spirit helps us, right? And you can go, and there's a difference. Once I became a Christian, I started praying. I was like, wow, this was amazing, you know? And I would study. I would go into tests, like flip, flip, flip. That was on page 24. There it is. Thank you. But you studied. So the Holy Spirit will help us. He'll teach you things. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Well, most of the time, that's going to come through where? It's going to come through the Bible. Right? So that's why we emphasize the Bible. That's why I like the Gideons. They hand out Bibles. But a Bible isn't any good unless you open it and read it. Amen? You have to open it and read it. That's why... In a lot of schools, that's why the devil's so deathly afraid. Teachers that have had a Bible on their desk, people say, oh, no, you can't have that Bible on your desk. We've got to put that away. Because it's just convicting. There's the Bible. Holy Bible. And a lot of education says they don't want that out there. Why? The devil knows that's powerful if someone actually cracks the book and gets into it. There's power in the Word of God. So when you get in the Word, something great happens on the inside of us. That's why we have to keep going back to it all the time. A couple of scriptures here. Psalm 106. Psalm 106 just says, God rebuked the Red Sea. It dried up. He led him through the depths, through the wilderness. Uh, he saved him from the hand of them that hated him. He redeemed them from the hand of the enemies. The waters covered the enemies. There's one, well, not one left. We all know the story, right? They believed his words. They sang his praise. Next verse. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. Isn't it amazing that people could see a pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. They could see manna, they're fed supernaturally, water's coming out of rocks. All these things happen and they forget. They forgot. A memorial is there to help you remember. It's there. It's a marker to help you remember. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to remember. You need to remember. Because, folks, I meet, sometimes people get older and say, oh, boy, God's just not doing nothing. Nothing's ever happened. Boy, I've never seen answers. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You've seen all kinds of answers in your life. But in the, maybe the last years or so, they're, they're struggling because they got out of the Word and so on and so forth. And so now they forget. But we have to remember, right? Otherwise, as I, here's the word, they soon forgot his works. They soon didn't wait for his counsel. How many times have we made a decision not waiting for his counsel? Well, I've been in that club, pressing on. <laughs> well, what, and the, nothing, maybe nothing happened or didn't work out, and the Lord said, well, you didn't ask me about it. You did it. You did it. You thought you, you presumed you were right, but you never asked me. Proverbs says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. 
All your ways. In all your decisions, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. And the next, the farther down in 106, in verse 21, it says, They forgot God their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt. So they forgot, which is like, you'd think that'd be so elementary, but folks, we all, every day, have to remind ourselves. It is a daily walk. Otherwise, our hearts can become calloused. And rather than being a soft wineskin, we can become hard and rigid. Galatians 6. Let me close with this. Galatians 6. The cross, the cross is like a memorial. We can boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I unto the world. The cross. The cross reminds me of what Jesus has done for me. But it's not going to be any good unless I daily spend time with him. Daily in your Bible, daily in prayer, daily in worship, record prophetic things that were spoken, prophetic words, things that that God showed you in your life. Remembering what Jesus has done in the past will give you hope for your walk in the future. Amen? Amen? We're passing through this life. If Jesus doesn't come back, we're all leaving it sometime. But you want to leave it in a place that your life becomes an example. If you're a parent, realize this. Your kids watch everything you do. Your kids watch everything, good, bad, whatever. They watch what you do. They watch your attitude. Whether you come to a service or whether you read your Bible. You know, whether, whether do your kids ever see you reading the Bible at the table? Or a chair or whatever like that. Amen. We have Bible reading schedules, which is something we've done for decades, but something we continue to do. So your kids will be like you. What about your grandkids? The same thing. They're going to be like their parents. Or if you're a grandparent, you might have some influence in their lives. Amen? Amen. All, of this, all of this takes shape when we focus on what's... What's really important in our lives? What's the purpose? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you working the job you work? Why do you live where you live? God has a plan for you, a purpose for you. Amen? All of our family members, we, we were the first ones in our families that got saved. And so we prayed for our families, but we witnessed to our families. We sent gospel tracts. We sent things like that. When we cleared out a thing in my house and uh, of my parents' house after they passed away and this and that, before they passed, my dad went in the nursing home. So we, but we cleared out all these things, and my one brother said, "Hey, I think you're going to want this letter." And here was a letter that I wrote to my parents. Still got it now. I wrote to my parents when I was in the Philippine Islands in 1975, and I was writing to them what we were doing. It was all about Jesus and so forth. And my mama had saved it. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. She saved it, didn't burn it. <laughs> to my face, she never liked a lot what we were doing, but it said something about that she saved that letter. And that letter became something memorable, that here was in it a plan of salvation and so forth. Here was in it, you know, for you to turn your eyes to Jesus. It wasn't about their denomination or being confirmed or baptized as a baby and so forth, but about a relationship. So we witnessed to our family members. We shared with them so that then others could enter into those labors, right? You've got to plant a seed for the Holy Spirit to work with. Amen? Amen. At my, at my uh, uh, mom's funeral, no, it was at my 
Yeah, it was my mom's funeral. So my brother's there, and he shows up from Minneapolis. And, and uh, he, he'd been divorced and so forth, and there's another man with him. And I'm thinking, well, who's this? You know, well, This is so-and-so. He's a prominent business owner in Minneapolis. And I thought, oh, okay. And so then we started talking, and then he says to me, he says, yeah, your brother came to our Bible study. Your brother came to our Bible study. He just prayed and gave his heart to the Lord. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I wanted to kiss him on the cheek, you know, and... But see, things were planted in my brother's lives. So he was open to the gospel, to what the Lord would want. Now, folks, this is a great time to live. Amen. We have memorials in our lives reminding us. And not then just to remind us, but to do something. But to go forward, to do something. To not, you know, not just relive old past, but to do something for the kingdom's sake. Make an impact on this world. Today we celebrate, you know, all, all across our land, we celebrate people who serve. But, but what are we really doing? We're thanking them for the impact they've had. Amen. Your life has impact. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you now. <laughs> use you now. Your life has impact. And so when you leave this life, there should be people coming to your memorial service or whatever that have been impacted through your life. There was a guy just, uh, just in Sioux Falls, a businessman. We were in a car dealership, and we knew the owner of the car dealership and so forth. And, and the owner of the car dealership's son was the CFO. And so this guy was in his early 40s, and he goes home after work. You know, the company's supposed to be turned over, him, over to him, but he goes home after work, and he gets on the treadmill, and boom, he drops dead. And so, shock. You know, everybody in this whole corporation is shocked. But a lot of people knew this guy. So they had a visitation where hundreds of people came. And when, when uh, so some of these knew the Lord, but most didn't. And so one of his friends, just to make sure, got up and says, I want you to know where he's at tonight as far as in heaven because of his relationship. And so it was like, it was beautiful. So rather than like a minister doing this, no, here's his business friend doing this and saying he's in heaven because of his relationship with Jesus Christ. But what about you? And the whole place is just, you know how it is, just silent. And he went on to share the gospel and present the gospel to hundreds of people. And I thought, what a beautiful thing that is. What a beautiful thing. What a memory they'll have of that event. And hopefully many got saved. Folks, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Let's lift our hands a second. Lord, we volunteer for your service. We volunteer to be used for you for your glory. We remember what you've done for us. And Lord, I'm so grateful for your saving grace. I'm so grateful for your love, your mercy, and forgiveness. But Lord, I thank you. We're not, you didn't leave us there. But Lord, that now is a time to be used while, while we're alive here in this earth right now. So I pray, Lord, for each person here as a volunteer that the Lord, in your service, they would march forward, Lord, hearing your voice, doing your will, Father, that they would be lights and witnesses to their families, to their friends, to their co-workers, to whoever they meet, Father, that they would be lights and witnesses for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for blessing them, Lord. Lord, help us not to forget anything that you have done. And Lord, I pray for people, even people hearing me right now through Facebook Live, YouTube, that they would have a relationship on a daily basis with you, Lord, in the word, studying the word, growing in the word. Father, thank you for this, Lord, that they would grow in you, Lord, and be used of you for your glory and honor. 
Father, thank you for this. I thank you for blessing people. Even anybody discouraged right now, I pray you'd remind them of what you've done in the past. That you've never left them. That you have always been working. That you are on their side. And Lord, that you're with them even today, Lord God. And Lord, I pray you'd remind anybody watching, Lord, their life has value. Everybody's life has value, Lord, that you're using them even in prayer and so forth where they're at. You're still using them today. Lord, we give you praise for this. We thank you today for all your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.